Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The who that daily.com. That's right. The who that daily.com. Your one stop shop for everything New Orleans Saints, New Orleans Pelican, LSU Tigers, even the top flight boxing. So if you're a who that and you're looking for a place to stay up on your team, who that daily.com is your site. The who that daily.com for the sport who that in all of us. Check out the Pro Shop. That's right, the Pro Shop is the platform store where you can go and buy all the latest merch to support the platform. Available at the Pro Shops, we have dozens of hundreds of products available for you and your family. Unisex tees for men and women, hoodies and sweatshirts, tank tops, kids and baby items, long sleeve tees, mugs, pillows, wall art, bath bedding, face masks, phone cases, stickers, bags, fanny packs, socks, hats, and many other items. Please feel free to check out the pro shops the link is in the description section below and remember it helps the platform continue to grow check out the pro shop and who that too the black and gold family we're in this thing monday edition sports coma don't close no jarvis landry to the browns we're in the building much love to the great saint think tank and i'd like to welcome in a very special guest to the stream a very special guest indeed uh this brother here is a really intelligent brother i carry and cover a lot of his articles right here on the show all the time we got ross jackson in the building brother ross man welcome to the stream bro how you doing Hey, my brother. Very, very grateful to be here with you, man. Thank you so much for having me on. I- I'm loving it. I'm watching the YouTube comments. I'm seeing so many of the homies and everybody, too. I'm seeing Hoodie. I'm seeing Tori. I'm seeing uh, I told you. It's so dope. I love seeing it, man. I'm seeing the homies <laughs> come through, man. This is great. No, man, I appreciate you so much for having me, man. I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be fun. Well, everybody know Ross, man. Everybody know Ross. I mean, the brother has been putting in work, man. He's, um, uh, the, uh, I would say, the probably the, the top contributor on Locked In On Saints. 
always have really positive insight and good analysis on the team. And, and, you know, and to be honest with you, Ross, I got my favorite, bro, about that as doing it. And, and some I'm not too favorite about, you know what I'm saying? I'm just keeping it like that. But you're one of the dudes, man, that really tell it like it is, bro. Love love what you're doing, bro. And we'll give you a shout out to your contribution to the Who That Nation. Much love, bro. Man, hey, look, it, it's an absolute pleasure. We, we were kind of talking before you and I uh, went live here about, like, my background. And, you know, I'm born and raised from new Orleans. And so to be able to have something like this, where I get to give back to my community and get to take part and be connected to so many people from that community, especially after, you know, being displaced back in, right. you know, with Katrina and everything like that, like being able to kind of have that reach back to the community and everything has been, uh, nothing, nothing less than, uh, uh, invaluable, right. Like mm-hmm. priceless, you know, whatever you want to call it and everything. Right. So I'm just such, uh, so honored uh to be able to be able to do what i do and then to have opportunities like this like to be able to connect with people that are doing it as well and everything so i mean y'all are doing it big i'm trying to do it big we're out here doing it big we're all trying to eat you know what i'm saying and so i just love the support man i love the love so i appreciate it oh yeah yeah ross uh, no problem bro ross is in the building man we're gonna be talking about black and gold today i won't hold the brother for very long i know he got something else to do behind him but, uh, Ross, we're going to be covering a few things, man. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things I wanted to start off with, and I know I mentioned it to you, was this article right here from, uh, uh, what is this from, uh, uh, Pro Football Talk NBC right here. And mm-hmm. they were basically uh, writing an article based on what Mary Cabot, Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland, uh, what was it, Cleveland.com, mm-hmm. reported that the door is closed on Jarvis Landry. And according to the article that they wrote, after Landry was released by the Browns in March, there was word that the team was interested in bringing him back on a different contract. The lack of a new deal over the last couple of months was a strong suggestion that conversations about such a deal were not fruitful. And there is now a report confirming that thought. Now, Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com reports the door is closed on Landry. And of course, it goes into the tweet that she put out. And the Browns head coach, Kevin Stefanski, said the team feels good about his receiver room after drafting David Bell in the mm-hmm. third round, Michael Woods in the sixth, Amari Cooper, Donovan uh, uh, Peoples-Jones sit atop the depth chart in Cleveland. So the original report uh, uh, thought process was that it would be uh, either Cleveland or the Saints with mm-hmm. this element. Uh, what do you thought on it? Yeah, look, I think that, you know, there were some early indications. I think it was April 20th is when the report came out with Ian Rappaport kind of talking about it kind of looks like it's between the Saints and the Browns and in whichever way that this could all go. And then, as you mentioned, the Browns drafted David Bell, who can play outside, showed a lot of that ability to be able to do that at Purdue, but is somebody that can also play inside. So it kind of makes Jarvis Landry, quote unquote, expendable is basically what the what the account was saying. And so if that's the case then that seems to be pretty indicative of the fact that he won't be going back to Cleveland. Now I would expect a couple of other teams to get into the mix. The Baltimore Ravens should very obviously be in the mix. Maybe even the Tennessee Titans who traded away AJ Brown. Yes, they drafted Traylon Burks. They created a need and had to fill it, but you kind of want to get a veteran guy in that room as well, especially with, you know, Adam Humphreys and everything kind of being that mold that they really like. Jarvis Landry kind of fills a similar pattern. And so I would see a couple of other teams that would easily kind of get into the mix there. I believe he also had an early visit with the Atlanta Falcons, if I remember correctly. So that would be something to watch too. But, you know, the only other team that he's really visited with has been the New Orleans Saints. And at that time, it didn't seem like there were any contract talks or anything like that. It seemed to be just a little bit more like, getting acquainted, getting to know each other. Could there be a fit there kind of thing? I, mean, I know we've seen some other extraneous reports about 
contract talks, quote unquote, reopening when there really weren't contract talks in the first place. It was more so just about getting to know each other, getting acquainted. Now there's real potential for the Saints to be able to make a maybe a stronger pursuit of Jarvis Landry, knowing that Cleveland seems to be out of the conversation there. But don't be surprised if other teams get involved, four or five other teams around the NFL are going to be looking for wide receivers. Even a team like the Indianapolis Colts could use his help, right? So there's a lot of opportunity there for other teams to get involved. But if the Saints are able to act pretty quickly on all of this, that it could put them in position to be able to get all of this, uh, to get all this done. Right. Uh, Yeah. And you're absolutely right. I mean, who wouldn't want a a veteran uh, coming in at the caliber of Jarvis Landry? Now he's most certainly a lot of people say, Q, he don't have the speed, but man, he catches everything, Ross. I mean, everything you throw to him, he catches. And uh, last season he had what, 55 grabs last year. That was more Mm -hmm. than any Saint wide receiver. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, so, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, he would be an asset to our wide receiver room. But let me ask you yeah. this, Ross, if any, if Jarvis is not the guy who wh- who would you uh, suggest? Uh, give me two guys you think that could be close to uh, if if Jarvis is not the guy, veteran wide receiver that you would like. Do you would you like a, a guy like uh uh, uh Dede Westbrook or somebody like that. Tell me what you what you think, bro. Yeah, there could be some of those guys that are out there. I mean, there there are a few that you could probably go out and pursue and maybe try to get a little bit of a look at. Um, <laughs> pulling up my little list real quick. I mean, what you're really looking for is probably somebody that can operate out of the slot more than anything else. So like a Keelan Cole would make sense. Yeah, I like even- him. Yeah, maybe even a reunion with Emmanuel Sanders. Actually, a couple of reunions out there that could still happen. Emmanuel Sanders, Latavius Murray, if they decide to continue to pursue a quarterback, excuse me, a running back. Uh, Even Adam Humphreys, who I mentioned before, who was on the Tennessee Titans last year. The Saints had pursued a few years ago in free agency. Right. And then, you know, he's not necessarily the player he was then now. But when you talk about finding a guy in the slot that can simply be, as you mentioned, a guy with good hands, Mm -hmm. that's really all that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And you don't need somebody that's really going to go out there and try to take the top off of a defense. You've got that guy now, like Chris Olave is in the building, you're Gucci, like that's all taken care of. And then you got Michael Thomas ready to come back in 2022, who should be able to be a little bit more of a three level threat with Jameis Winston behind center. So I think Mm -hmm. that puts you in a pretty good position to where you can go out, you can find another one of those, um, uh, another one of those veteran guys. But at the same time, if you roll out a wide receiver group of Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and then Deontay Harris, excuse me, Deontay Hardy right. in the slot or Marquez Callaway playing a big slot role every now and then. Mm-hmm. I'm really not mad at that either. I, I think that right. the Saints really just needed sort of that top end field stretching compliment to Michael Thomas in addition to getting Michael Thomas back. Getting Michael Thomas back mm-hmm. is great, but you needed something else. I think you have that in Chris Olave. And so if the Saints move forward with what they have in the building right now, mm-hmm. this is a situation where I wouldn't be mad to hear, oh, we like who we have in the building, right? Mm-hmm. But you could still go out there and look for some of those veterans that are out there as well that are going yeah, to be cheaper. Right. You're right, Ross, because every year the Saints do that, bro. They'll bring in these veterans, man, whether mm-hmm. wide receivers or running back. Remember Coleman was a guy right. they brought in last year as a running back to kind of steady the room veteran-wise. Saints tend to do that. I know uh, we're going to talk about the draft uh, today, fam. We got Ross Jackson, man, chiming in, locked in on Saints podcast. Y'all know the man. You know who this is. <laughs> but much love to the fam. But, yeah, bro, let me ask you this, but uh, Ross, before we move into the draft chatter, man. Um, Traquan Smith. Mm-hmm. Okay, Traquan Smith is back with the team. A lot of the Who That Nation not really excited about Traquan Smith. What do you think his, his impact will be on the wide receiver room, bro? Oh, I think it'll be pretty minimal. 
honestly. I, I really do. And that's not that's like a good way of putting it at yeah. all. Ross, just to let you know, bro. Yeah, it's a pretty it's not good really... way of putting it. Ross <laughs> put it a lot worse than that. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll use your word, bro. I'm gonna use, you. use your word. It's minimal, right? Like he's not gonna be a guy that you're expected to go out there and like compete with Michael Thomas or compete with Chris Olave to be out there or anything like that. He could be somebody that goes out there and maybe maybe competes a little bit to in, in sort of that rotation of the bottom three wide right. receivers of Deontay Hardy, Marquis Calloway, and Traquan Smith, and really probably more, more immediately with Marquis Calloway because Deontay Hardy has such a specific role at this point that I, I, I you're not really going to – apples to oranges between those two receivers. Mm-hmm. And so I think you look at Traquan Smith, who was brought back on a two-year, $6 million contract with – what $2 million guaranteed. So basically his signing bonus guaranteed it's a one year, $2 million deal effectively. And so with that being the case, you look at Trey Quan Smith as somebody that maybe goes out there situationally. They like to use him in line the same way you would use another tight end. They like to use him in the slot as a blocker. They like to use him on the perimeter as a blocker. So he's somebody that's going to be able to help contribute in the run game, but then can also go out there and make you some tough catches on third down if you need him to be another option over the middle of the field. Because he's very physical. He's one of those guys that can make those tough catches and everything like that. But he's not going to be somebody that you're going to rely on. That's why you bring him back on a two-year, $6 million contract, a minimal hit for a minimal impact in terms of what you're getting with the player. Well said, Ross. And I, the reality, too, is that that second year is more like an option year for the Saints. If they don't like what right. they want, they can always kind of opt out of that thing. So that's the great Mickey Loomis doing that's his it. thing, man, digging in. But, yeah, I, and I agree with you, Ross. I don't, I, I don't anticipate him. I mean, the, the thrill is gone, right? On <laughs> the Fox thrill is gone. <laughs> right. It's a third-round pick uh, some time ago. And we had all these hopes because Coach Payton at one time envisioned him and Michael Thomas being the, the combo to take us into the future. Boy, that that was the interesting well. thing, right? He was supposed mm-hmm. to be the other guy on the outside, and instead he ended up being the slot receiver. And so he had to learn a whole new position, a whole new level of the playbook, everything, mm-hmm. and never really played the role, which was originally the deep threat. Remember, he averaged like 19.8 yards per right. catch in his year at UCF that effectively made him draftable as a thousand yard receiver. And right. so you look at what the role was that he was drafted to play. He's never played that role. First of all, he nope. never got the opportunity to do it. Ted Ginn Jr. Was also brought in. He was mm-hmm. the veteran wide receiver. That was the deep threat. He came in and had like a 73% catch percentage out of nowhere after never doing that in his entire career mm-hmm. ever in 2017, 2018, whenever that was. And then you or 2018. And then you saw what, you know, uh, you had to do with Traquan Smith was effectively relegate him to the slot and, and teach him a new position. And it just never really panned out for him because he had to learn a new playbook. And then when they started to use him outside, which really wasn't until over the last couple of years, you had Drew Brees, who wasn't really pushing the ball downfield. So you weren't using him as a downfield threat, which is effectively what he was drafted for was That's to be a, a Z flanker, right? right? They were playing a more condensed style of defense uh, offense. So that was a whole new playbook that he had to learn. So it just never really panned out for him in terms of what they drafted him for, what he was used to do and then what he was able to impact, right? The impact mm-hmm. he was able to have in that offense, it just the fit wasn't really there. So, right. but you know, he's a good blocker and he's somebody that can contribute yep. to you in the run game. You know, bro. Uh, yeah, that's well said because uh, you think about Traquan Smith uh, and you go back to his college footage at uh, was it central Florida. He was absolutely a beast, Mm-hmm. in terms of catching a deep ball. And, of yeah. course, when he came to New Orleans, Coach Payton says, hey, we like what you can do in terms of being a deep receiver, but I want you to play a little bit inside. Right. You write what you what you said that he wasn't used to. So you see Trey Quine not having that. I ain't going to say the man didn't have that heart, but he did. He wasn't willing to go in there amongst the, 
you know, the hitters there. And I remember he got knocked upside the head, got his helmet knocked up. Yeah, and a he, couple he, of big ones. Right. And, and <laughs> he learned and he got yeah. better. But I think I think that the timer kind of just ran out on Traquan yeah. Smith in terms of what we expect of him. But let's kind of let's go into the draft conversation here right quick, brother Ross. Hold on. Hoodie says, you know, Hoodie says big, big Q <laughs> Ross Jackson. Since Sony uh, uh, Michelle went to Miami today, then maybe that's a sign of us getting closer to getting Jarvis now. Just a thought. Andy Frazier, running back, y'all like to look at maybe Phillips, Philip Lindsay. What'd you think about this, Ross? Thank you, Hoodie, for your super chat, bro. Yeah, thank you. Yo. I, I, okay, so the first point there, I, I'll be honest, I don't think that signing um, Sony Michelle would have been the thing that would have gotten in the way of signing Jarvis Landry. The Saints mm-hmm. had about $19 million plus of salary cap before they signed Tyron Matthew. Right. Tyron Matthew's on a three-year 11, uh, three-year $11 million dollar per year. Deal, right. but it doesn't mean that he's going to have an eleven million dollar cap you know, this year. Ross, now you know Mickey. <laughs> you know he's going to keep it low. That's that first right. year is going to be low. You know that that's for sure. right. Especially that's with right. only eighteen million dollars guaranteed, there's no reason to push the buck this year. So mm-hmm. they'll, you know, that will probably come in. And let's say that the Saints, with that, and then probably around five million dollars for their draft class, have. I don't know, 11 to 13 million dollars left in the salary cap, right? Let's say that they're around that area. There would have been nothing stopping the New Orleans Saints from signing Sony Michelle, who I imagine is going to be a pretty low hit contract, a one year, probably three, four million dollar type of deal to Miami. And then signing Jarvis Landry to where even if they would have signed it to a multi year deal, again, you keep the first year hit low. He's not going to command. $20 $20 million per year just because he's a wide receiver, especially not at this point in the offseason. So I don't necessarily think that signing Sony Michelle would have made the Saints incapable of mm-hmm. also signing Jarvis Landry, but I do think Jarvis Landry is now the name you turn your attention to right. in terms of free agents that the Saints could still sign. Um, right. In terms of veteran free agent running backs, keep an eye out on. I love the idea of, uh, of Philip Lindsay. Honestly, I'm surprised he hasn't signed anywhere yet. Uh, I'd probably throw Malcolm Brown out there and I would probably not rule out a uh, reunion with either Latavius Murray or Devontae Freeman, honestly, either one of those guys, just because they're familiar with them. And this is what the Saints like to do. You mentioned that they always bring in those veteran running backs in camp. They brought in like yes. Mike Gillisley a couple of years ago yep. and all that. Like, that's just what they do. So any right. of these veteran running backs that you see them bring in, though, they're not immediate roster locks. We've seen that over and over and over again. Yep. Sometimes they come in, they help out over the course of the offseason and training camp. And then sayonara, we have the guys that we like. Yeah, they, yeah, they'll put the they'll put the uh, the scissors to him real quick. Mm-hmm. There, Ross, you're absolutely right. But yeah, uh, Philip Lindsay, that was a guy that was mentioned before. I do like the Latavius Murray call right there, Ross, to kind of go back him and, and at the right price. I mean, when mm-hmm. Coach Payton didn't like his calls, he wanted to cut him down. But we kind of right. we underutilized Latavius in my in my estimation on there uh, as well. So let's move into the draft, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic picks, a very solid draft in my estimation of what happened with the Saints. They went in there, bro, with a plan. They didn't get uh, distracted by a quarterback. They went in there and got what yes. they needed. Ross, tell me what you think about the Saints draft and who, who some of the players that you like, bro. Well, I mean, everyone and their mama knows I'm very happy about the Chris Olave selection. I oh, mean, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I've been talking about Chris Olave to the Saints since he was supposed to come out last year as a potential first-round selection for them. Um, so I'll tell you a little story. So we were doing – uh, our like three days of live NFL draft coverage with locked on. And mm-hmm. I was in studio in Dallas where we were doing the show. I was producing the show, but then I was also running downstairs to be the saints analyst when the saints selected and all this other stuff. 
So I talked to everybody before the show. It's like Isaiah Stanbeck and Eric Crocker, who are former NFL guys, Peter Bukowski and Ryan Tracy, some of our lead NFL talent, and, and Kai Stevens, who's, uh, who is like our main anchor on the network. And we were all kind of talking about, okay, what's the Saints' plan? And everyone around me was saying, look, the Saints should be going after a quarterback this offseason mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, Jameis, is Jameis really the guy? Like, all these questions and whatever. And I kept saying, no, nah, they're not really interested in this quarterback class. They're not, they didn't maximize and give themselves two selections just to ruin the value of them by trading up into the top five into a bad quarterback class. And as you can see now, trading up into the top five for a quarterback would have been a terrible idea because it was the first time since the year 2000, only one quarterback went in the top 40 selections of the NFL draft. So that would have been a bad, bad choice, right? So I kept saying wide receiver, offensive tackle. Those are the two positions you expect them to leave for. And it was like, ah, no, it's going to be quarterback. Okay, we'll see. So then the Saints, I'm up in the control room. Um, Drake London goes to the Falcons, Garrett Wilson goes to the Jets, and then I see the Saints pop up on the board at 11. And I'm getting text messages. They're moving up from Malik, not from like like people in the know, right? Just like, you know, friends and stuff like that. Like, oh, they're moving up from Malik, blah, blah. And then, so I run downstairs, and I know at this point they're moving for Chris Olave. I knew that the Saints loved Chris Olave, and that, that was a, a target guy for them going into this draft. So when I saw the two wide receivers go off the board and then them trade up, that tells you everything you need to know right there. They were going after the quarterback. They were getting in on the run of the quarterback. They expected a run there between eight to 13. They were exactly right. They were able to move up and get their guy. So I'm standing there over on the side and then I get to do my Vince McMahon, uh, a millionaire man walk right uh, onto the set to be like, it's a, it's a wide receiver. Y'all it's Chris Olave. Like I was just super happy about it. So that's my anecdote. Like I was super excited about the Chris Olave selection. I think he's a perfect fit for this New Orleans Saints offense right now. He's the, bet on lines leader right now when it comes to uh, offensive rookie of the year. Uh, I thought Trevor Penning was a great selection. It, it, the, the two sort of pairs of either Chris Olave and Charles Cross or Chris Olave and Trevor Penning were the wide receiver offensive tackle sort of duo that I expected in the first round. It's exactly what we got with Penning and Olave. The Alante Taylor section was a bit of a surprise. I had Alante Taylor as a sleeper for me in the fourth or fifth round. But then when they traded away their third and fourth round selections to be able to move up to go and get Chris Olave, they weren't going to wait around for a guy that they liked. So then they just select him at the bottom of the second round. I think they might have wanted Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Jaquan Brisker to just fall one yes. more spot. Yes, that's, you know the, that's I mean? the feeling I got too, Ross. Yeah. I thought Brisker was the guy. Yeah, I think so too. But obviously it all worked out because then they just turned around and signed Tyron Matthew to play a very similar role. He's not as long. Uh, it doesn't have the uh, you know, necessarily the, the, the length of a Jaquan Brisker, but he's going to be able to be impactful in those underneath zones anyway. He's a playmaker, so it's a fantastic mm-hmm. signing. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. Um, and the Jackson brothers, no relation. Uh, DeMarco Jackson and Jordan Jackson. I like those picks in the fifth and in, in, in sixth rounds. I think those are guys that come in and immediately kind of help you out on defense while, while majority playing a special teams role. I like Alante Taylor a lot. I think that with Dennis Allen being a defensive coordinator and a, and a, or a defensive head coach, excuse me, as well as a secondary guy that this is going to be what he's going to do a lot, right? He's going to mm-hmm. develop and create competition to help make these secondary players better and better every year. So I like a lot what the Saints did in the draft this year. Yeah, they were in my book, a lot of people didn't like the fact that the Saints used it, the third and fourth round selection and the first to move up to go and get Chris Olave. But you have, in my estimation, I knew eventually they did that because they knew guys were going to go and get That's it. exactly right. Yeah, you that's know, so. that. That's the biggest impact position that they needed on offense 
without having a need at quarterback, which as Dennis Allen told everybody after the draft, they didn't feel like quarterback was a position that they needed to address. So mm -hmm. it was the next big impact position that they needed to address. It was wide receiver all the way. Yes. Yeah. And then if you can go and get somebody that already has a connection with your star receiver, Michael Thomas and Chris Olave, I talked to Chris Olave at the combine mm -hmm. and asked about his relationship with Michael Thomas. They've been connected for a while. And he's like, yeah. Michael Thomas is a role model of mine. And I would love to be able to play opposite wow. him. And the last yeah. time that the guy played in the Superdome, he had what, 132 receiving yards and, and two touchdowns. Yes. <laughs> and everything so they put them on the turf let them have fun and so right. you know when you have an opportunity to move up and and get that done and i saw somebody i think it was i don't it doesn't matter but anyway i saw somebody talk about like oh the states could have traded for aj brown and drafted all these people get out of here that's not how the draft works like <laughs> that's not how it works and so i just think that you know i think it's one of those situations where you're either going to crucify the saints for not building up their offense, or you're going to crucify the saints because they spit too much for building the offense, no matter what you're going to criticize, whatever it is. So just criticize and get out of my way because it was the right thing for the saints to do to make sure that they could get up and make the move that they needed to make to be able to address the position that they really needed to address this off season. Yeah. It wasn't a secret. The wide receiver position was something that they needed to tool up, bro. They definitely right. needed to do that. And the draft was fine. Getting the offensive tackle you mentioned, uh, kind of rem reminiscent of Kyle Turley, the way the guy plays. He's going. It's it's going to be something all interesting. And Chris Olave, I love the guy. I mean, yeah. if you think about, like you mentioned, the relationship between him and Michael Thomas, a lot of people say, well, Mike helped facilitate this deal because of the relationship that Dennis Allen was trying to connect with Mike when he went to meet him. And this could this is this is truth behind this. I could see that. So mm -hmm. I mean, in essence, would you do you want harmony in your room or disharmony? Right. I mean, no, it's a, that's a great point. And I think that like Chris Olave is the perfect personality to put next to an alpha wide receiver one because mm -hmm. Chris Olave, let's be real, has never been the number one option at Ohio State. He was always right. opposite Garrett Wilson. He yeah. had Jackson Smith and Jigba there last year. Like yeah. this guy has always learned, always known how to play within a unit. He has right. always, always done that. And I think that even with the first round draft status, that mm -hmm. will still be very true for him as somebody that's going to be able to come in and understand his role to have an immediate impact, but also know how to complement the guys around him and the talent around him. And he's got enormous talent mm -hmm. all around him with guys like Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and Jameis Winston and even oh, Deontay yeah. Hardy. Like mm -hmm. some of these, like these guys are good players that are all around him. And so he's going to have a really good understanding of how to come in and operate as a unit with the rest of this offense. Oh, absolutely. I agree totally. And then, of course, you sprinkle a little taste in there, Ross. Every now I mean, and then. Yeah, it, there you go. Get him involved as a receiver. There you go. I mean, I mean, <laughs> it's the thing. They 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 asked me a lot about Taysom Hill here, fam. We're thinking about Taysom Hill as a tight end. I said, bro, he'll be fine. I mean, it, as, as long as you leave him out of the quarterback situation, I think right. we, we will be fine with that. So they'll be happy. OK, bro, let's let's talk about we mentioned Tyron Matthew. As a, that was a terrific signing by the Man. Saints after the draft. It kind of lit up everything. Ter terrific signing by the black and gold. A pinpoint on their guy. Go and get him. Uh, thoughts on him, Ross? What you think about his impact to the team coming up? Oh, I think it just it just brings you so much. It just brings so much to this team. He, he has an on-field impact. He'll have a locker room impact. He'll have an off-the-field impact. He'll have an impact away from the organization as well as within the organization, all that. This guy already broke the NFL website. At yep. one point. Yeah, you're, you're showing it right now. He crashed the NFL website because everyone swarmed to go and buy his jersey. It's been a while since there's been a jersey seller that is a new arrival in New Orleans, right? Like you had Drew Brees, who was a long stay there. Mm -hmm.
No matter the occasion, whether it's a date or a family holiday outing, daytime ice skating at Cameron Run Regional Park is sure to delight. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria, skate on the outdoor rink and stay warm with hot chocolate or make s'mores over a fire pit. This unique winter experience is only available for a limited time. Open daily December 18th through 30th and weekends in January and February. Buy tickets today at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. It's easy to lose sleep when you're worried about your health insurance plan. But when you have a family counting on you to take care of them, having the right coverage is more important than ever. Anthem HealthKeepers plans can help. With low to no cost coverage for you and your family. So you never go it alone. That's our Anthem. Click to learn more. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. But then they haven't really had that guy that was like a newcomer that came in and immediately sold jerseys. Like Michael Thomas did it, and it really you haven't had, and Alvin Kamara did it. And then really you haven't had anybody since then. And so Tyron Matthews is going to come in, and he's immediately going to sell jerseys. Nobody cares what number he's going to have. Like everybody just wants Matthew on a black and gold jersey. That's right. Because the next time that Tyron Matthew takes an NFL's field, he will be a New Orleans Saint. And that's a pretty remarkable thing to consider. And so he's going to be somebody that's going to be able to come in and be a leader. He's going to be able to be somebody that's going to be able to come in and be a communicator. He's going to immediately imp- excuse me, replace the impact that Malcolm Jenkins had in those areas of the field. It's big when you have to change out both safeties. You're going to have a you're going to have a position battle at cornerback next season or over the course of the offseason as well between Alante Taylor and Paulson Adebo. Maybe Bradley Roby gets involved there too, but I doubt it. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have some changeover in the secondary. So you need somebody that's going to be able to be the quarterback of that secondary. You've got DeMario mm-hmm. Davis to take care of the front seven, but mm-hmm. you need somebody in the back end that's going to be able to make all those calls and make those adjustments on the fly and, you know, shout out coverages and let you know this person's coming, whatever. Mm-hmm. So he does all of that and he's going to bring right. all that. And he processes at a very high speed. He always has. That's why he was a fantastic punt returner because he can process what's happening in front of him. Yep. And so him being a little bit away from the line of scrimmage is something that is going to fit. But then him getting involved in the run game as a run supporter in the box, that's something he's going to be able to do as well. Yep. His impact on the community is going to be fantastic. Yep. And then you pair him up and combine him now with guys like Malcolm Jenkins, who will very likely continue to do work within the community. Uh, Demario Davis, who has literally changed legislation in the state of Louisiana. Yes. Uh, Cam Jordan, who has made a massive impact. And then so now right. he gets an opportunity to work with those guys in yep. terms of widening his impact within the city and within the state as well. Absolutely. Well said. Ross said the community impact is big, especially a big shout out to Cam Jordan with his initiatives mm-hmm. between the community and the police. I mean, yep. putting his money in his mouth, you know, in his work there. So Cam, 
is 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 pretty special. And you mentioned Demario, man, is a man of faith and a lot of stuff that these guys do on off the field. They really don't have to do this, but it's just showing you how great right. a person. These are great people, you know, that's participating on the team. We're just so, so fortunate and blessed to have uh, some of these players like this, as opposed to some of these other uh, selfish guys that be out here just caring about themselves. We love who we got. Yeah, look at Ryan Tannehill just just this past yeah, week, that's right? Awful, like Ross. the that highest paid, yeah. like the highest cap hit amongst any quarterback this offseason or whatever, right? Like he's one of the most expensive players in the field, and he's talking about, oh well, I'm not, I'm not, you know, um, mentoring the new guy or whatever. Like how many people Drew Brees mentored in and out of that building every yes. single year, yeah, all yeah. the way back from what, like Mark Brunel, <laughs> Jake, right. Le- uh, uh, not Jake, excuse uh, me, Luke McCown, like. Yep. All those guys, all the way up through Chase Daniel and so on and so forth, Jameis, mm-hmm. Jason, Teddy, like he did sure. it. No questions asked. Like that's the type of attitude you get with Tyron Matthew as well. Yeah, that was awful. And uh, I, I seen the response by C.D. Deuce uh, when he made. <laughs> he said, "I hope he takes your job." <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. But see, that's wrong for. But you see, it's a team game. What part of that? You right. know, you got the money, you have the position, and if anything. Uh, you got to look at him as a person you bring along. It only empowers you, make you, you better. You would want somebody right. to do that for you, Tannehill. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm with CD on this one, man. That ain't my team, but I sure hope he take his job. I ain't <laughs> no difference. But Ross, let's go. That's that's you. That's great, bro. Let's kind of cycle back to the undrafted thing, man. Um, mm-hmm. We we uh, how many was it? Seventeen undrafted 17. guys. The Saints uh, brought in, and we tried out a couple of guys. Uh, who do you like, bro? I mean, there's a lot to choose for. Give me a couple of guys from the undrafted ranks you think make an impact on the on the black and gold team this year. Yeah, let me. I'll, I'll jump into a couple of the popular names first. Uh, Smoke Monday, of course, like immediately endeared himself to Saints fans, wearing a Drew Brees jersey and then screaming at the uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, saying, "Putting himself on the roster already? Y'all got to see me twice a year now." All this great stuff. So I think yeah, obviously he's somebody that can carve out a role as whether it be a special teamer or potentially getting into the rotation uh, at safety, even if he ends up on the practice squad, yeah. he like Bryce Thompson last year could still end up seeing reps. And that's exactly what right. happened with Bryce Thompson undrafted free agent right. safety out of uh, Tennessee. So he's somebody that is probably, he was probably the hardest hitter in this year's draft class, particularly amongst the secondary, but I would, I would kind of put him up against anybody at the, at, on defense in terms of that. So I was kind of surprised Ross, he didn't get drafted, bro. Yeah, me too. I thought he was yeah. going to be. And, and yeah. the, the other guy that I'll mention, Abram Smith, the running back out of Baylor, same yeah. thing. Yeah. I expected he was yeah. going to get drafted as well. He's somebody that, you know, but what the interesting thing about him is that he played linebacker. They had to move him to linebacker in Baylor back in 2019. Mm-hmm. And then he never moved back to running back until 2021. And then he went off for 257 carries and like 1600 plus yards and 12, 12 rushing touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. Wow. He was incredible. Right. Yeah. Like you just, and, and yes, it's a weak big 12 uh, defense. That's why big 12 defenders don't get drafted highly. And so I understand that, but still like to be away from the position for that long to have been moved to linebacker and then yeah, to have, have that impact oh, yeah. immediately. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. moving back to the position, like that's impressive to be able to do it that. Is. And if you're looking for somebody that's going to be able to come in, and I would say his most direct competition would be Dwayne Washington, who has been a staple for the New Orleans Saints, particularly as an RB3, but also as a special teamer. Okay. Abram Smith, somebody that understands how to you know follow blockers, understands how holes open up, and has yep. played linebacker in his past, is going to be a great special teamer in terms of punt and kick coverage. So he's going to immediately mm-hmm. challenge Dwayne Washington for that same spot. So I would put him up there as well. Dajon Dixon out, uh, or excuse me, Dajon Dixon out mm-hmm. of Nichols is another one to watch. He could be like, remember a few years ago, Emmanuel Butler. 
yes. came oh, and he lit up training camp and everyone right. was so and, excited about him and yeah. everything. And it just didn't work out. It just didn't no, pan he fizzled, out. Bro. He yeah, fizzled. yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised for Dejon Dixon to be the first half of Emmanuel Sanders again. I don't know if he's going to, excuse me, Emmanuel Butler again. Butler, I don't know yeah. if he's going to be somebody that's going to fizzle out, but mm-hmm. he's going to be somebody that's probably going to make some plays during training camp. Like he'll be the training camp darling. He's my early, my mm-hmm. early shot out there. Uh, and I really like Rashid Shahid too, the wide receiver slash kick returner from mm-hmm. Weber State, uh, actually in Utah, funny enough. Um, the thing that's interesting about him is that he, you know, is one of those guys that's, I think he's like third in school history and all purpose yards leads school history in terms of punt return yards and all this other crazy stuff. So it'd be mm-hmm. interesting to see, like, if the Saints want to get Deontay Hardy more involved on offense, mm-hmm. could that mean throttling him back a little bit mm-hmm. on special teams and a guy like, Rashid he would allow them to be able to do that if he's able right. to transition. I think he averaged like 29.7 yards per kick Something return. like that. Yeah, I know yeah, it was over 29. That's ridiculous, yeah, bro. Insane, mm-hmm. insane numbers. And then just to give a shout out to the HBCU talent that's coming in too, because these guys aren't UDFAs that signed, but they got mini camp mm-hmm. invites. Mm-hmm. Dee Anderson, who has a lot of yep. Louisiana history, used to be with the LSU Tigers, coming in from Alabama AM. Uh, you've also got CJ Holmes, who's going to be coming in from Jackson mm-hmm. State, and then Kylan Ritchie, another uh, Jackson State player to watch. So, a couple of guys that you aren't going to find on the UDFA list, right. but these guys are getting mini camp, rookie mini camp invitations right. for later on right. this week, and just some names to know. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's, uh, I absolutely love the undrafted guys. What popped out to me, brother Ross, on uh, the undrafted guys, a lot of college experience, bro. Yeah. I mean, a lot of games yeah. played with a lot Great of these point. guys. And I can see what the Saints are looking at. And we kind of know what kind of guy Jeff Ireland is in terms of what he does. We've been like uh, the number one destination, it seems like, for undrafted talent uh, for some time. Now, a lot of our rosters constructed with undrafted guys, chip on mm-hmm. the shoulder players, as I call them. That come in here and know that if they can play, that they'll earn valuable playing time on the side. I mean, we yep. turn these undrafted guys into uh, pro bowlers, JT Gray, mm-hmm. Deontay Harris Hardy. I mean, in, impactful guys, too. So that I, I just love the undrafted guys. Uh, Brother Ross, let's uh, let's talk about let's kind of forecast a little bit. I want you to mm-hmm. peer into your crystal ball, my friend, and look down the line. And let's talk about what the Saints look like. We know we got Jameis coming back from injury. We Now we got Chris Olave there and a few other people they're going to bring in. Uh, peer down and, and tell me what you see in terms of – I know you see the defenses, uh, what, what they can be in terms of probably one of the best that we've ever seen. I mean, if, I mean Marcus May and, and the Honey Badger mm-hmm. and all the guys, C.D. Deuce and even P.J. Williams back and how he played right. and all of the terrific coaches, Coach Rashard, real uh, Ryan Nielsen, what they can do on defense. But let's just look at the offense for a second, and you can feel free to go every, everyone, everywhere you else uh, you want after that. But mm-hmm. let's start with the offense. What do you see this year from the black and gold and what they can do, bro, going into the season? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, what I don't see is a 32nd-ranked passing attack for a second year. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you funny. that much. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that some of that, honestly, like mm-hmm. the, the talent that's been added is great. Getting Michael Thomas back. I love the way that um, Dennis Allen kind of talked about it was that it feels like they got two first round picks at wide receiver because they got Chris Olave in the draft and then they yeah, got Michael Thomas, Thomas coming back. Right. And so I think that's like a really good way to look at it. They could still use some help in sort of just figuring out what the tight end room mm-hmm. Is going to look like like who's tight end one in this situation? I imagine yeah. probably either Nick Vanette or Adam Troutman. Uh, but what's the real expectation for those guys to impact your game? So there's still some free agent tight ends that I wouldn't be surprised to see them bring into camp and maybe get a look at and things like that. But and then of course once roster cuts happen, 
what are some other opportunities in terms of other players that do become available later? This is true. So there are going to be those players that are going to be out there, but the tight end room, I think is one that they still need to figure out is Trevor Penning going to be ready. I think if he is, then he'll be starting at left tackle. And then your offense is immediately better than mm-hmm. it was going into the season. And honestly, I think to an extent this 2022 roster as a whole mm-hmm. is better than the 2021 roster. If you consider what the saints didn't have last season, no Michael Thomas, they barely had their tight ends throughout the season. Nick Vanette didn't start half the season. Right. Adam Troutman missed the back half of the season, basically. Yep. That's when um, he's getting going, bro. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. He had that one game, that great game against right. uh, Tampa Bay. Yep. And then all of a sudden, he, he, is he, when he ended up getting hurt. Yeah. Um, and then you had four starting quarterbacks throughout the season where you were playing games with Trevor Simeon. And you had that one game with Ian Book, which poor guy, 20, 20 plus starters were out during that game. And we like to use that as evaluation around Ian Book, which is just kind of unfair. <laughs> Uh, and so I think that inarguably a, a team that starts 58 starters throughout the season, an NFL record mm-hmm. is a team that is worse than this roster going into 2022. And I think a lot of it starts with the clarity at the quarterback spot. Right. Last season, you, we had the, the, the quarterback battle the entire year. And then you never really felt like that was fully really resolved, even though Jameis Winston clearly was the starter, there was still so much Taysom Hill involved because that's was that was Sean Payton's offense. Like Sean Payton's right. offense at that time incorporated Taysom Hill at quarterback. So the clarity was kind of weird. And then so now you don't have to deal with any of that. It, it's it's very clear. You know the old adage, right? You got two if you have got two starting quarterbacks, you have no starting quarterback. Now that's not the case. There's no competition between Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton. Right. It's Jameis Winston's team going in, which I think is a great thing for them going into 2022. Well, uh, you're absolutely right, bro. I agree 100 percent with you on that. I mean, it's Jameis's team. You eviscerated Taysom, uh, in my estimation, last year in in whatever QB competition that they had. I mean, it wasn't really much. I mean, I see what Coach Payton was doing. He was allowing Taysom to have extra reps during the preseason, but it it was no competition at all. I mean, he destroyed (laughs) poor Taysom. But uh, yeah, that Jacksonville Jaguars game at that point, it was so hard to argue after. That. Yeah, it was like, all right, we're done here. Case right. is closed. Like, this, just, we're finished. It's over, this is a, this <laughs> it's a over ladies man. and gentlemen. Right. <laughs> this is a Mike Tyson speaks fight right here. This is done. It's <laughs> over with two minutes, man. People right. want their money back. Right. But I mean, it, it's just, it, but going into it, and I agree, bro. I think if he had not gotten injured last year, Jameis Winston was on par to have his best year. I mean, I mean, he was well ahead. The injury occurred, but. I mean, watching him, he's ahead of schedule. All of the mm-hmm. positive stuff that he's doing all field. This is his team coming into it. We've given him the weapons. Uh, Elvin Kamara, hopefully, we know we're expecting Elvin to miss some games right here, Ross. Right. We don't exactly know. A lot of people think, and I and I agree with them in this estimation, they think he's going to settle. I don't know what, he, what the defense could be looking at here, but they're thinking that he might settle. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community 
of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Uh with the guy and I mean he got him cold turkey. He got him dead to right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you I have mean, a video of the dude. Like, right. Hey, the what dude are you gonna do, right? Hey, what you gonna do, bro? <laughs> He's stumping on the man. Oh, y'all, the guy never threw a punch at you. So, I mean, you gotta settle with the man. Get over. It. But I know Goodell doesn't like us. So we ultimately gonna get some time. I mean, he gonna get some uh, some games. But in that vein, bro, yeah. if that occurs, we you mentioned Sony Michelle. We talked about that. I think that's a point of emphasis that we might have to look at because a lot of people not sure about a Mark Ingram, bro, and Tony Jones Jr. I like Tony Jones, but they keep saying that he's unproven. To a degree, that's true. But uh, running back room, you mentioned tight end room is something that we have to look at. And I can notice that you're not really uh, really going in on Taysom thinking that he could be uh, their number one tight end perhaps. I don't think so. I mean, I, usually when you have like an F move tight end like him, he's inherently not your number one guy. Like your number one guy is usually a, a true Y, a guy that can line up and be a blocker for you, effectively operate as an additional offensive lineman but that you can also split out. But you're not really using him. Like Josh Hill was never tight end one, right? It was no. always Jared Cook. They, or it Yeah, was, they tried, bro, but he just – it, it wasn't his role. Work. Like his, right. his, his role was the ability to be able to move him and use him out of the backfield and then mm-hmm. use him out wide and, and, and take a linebacker out of the box so that you'd be able to run and like all these other things. So it's like, there's, that's there's an a interesting comp Ross. Yeah. Uh, Taysom Hill, Josh Hill role. Is that what you see? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's probably going to be used a little bit more in the passing game, just based mm-hmm. upon his, his route running ability and where mm-hmm. that is compared to Josh Hill. Like he'll be able to attack multiple pieces of the field as opposed to just the seam and mm-hmm. all that. But in terms of like his general usage and the way that he's going to be used, it's probably going to be a little bit more Josh Hill, like, which is mm-hmm. what we've seen in the past, right? They'll line mm-hmm. him up in the backfield, let him be a lead blocker. They'll move him, you know, they'll put him in at true Y, but then motion him to get him sort of on some split action, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, blocking off the back end on an unblocked defender or something like that and then splitting him out wide to take linebackers out of the box to make the box a little bit lighter for Alvin Kamara so on and so forth like there's so much right. strategy to the to the utilization of an F move mm-hmm. tight end as mm-hmm. opposed to a true Y that's basically going to line up mm-hmm. in line and then mm-hmm. maybe in the slot mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's kind of what you're going to do with him. So I think that that's probably a little bit more where he's going to be utilized, where he's going to be more like a second or third tight end. That's Mm -hmm. still going to see the field a bunch. Like expect to see Taysom Hill out on the field. But this now gives you the opportunity, if you're Dennis Allen, to have your 11 best players on the field at any given time. Because you can get Taysom and Jameis out on the field at the same time as opposed to one or the other. Absolutely. And Taysom's ability, man, uh, mm-hmm. two tight end lineups, Ross, that, that that's a thing the Saints like to use, even yep. three at times when you get close to the goal line. So you're absolutely right. Tight end, uh, having him there, uh, he creates major mismatches there for linebackers and defensive backs simply don't want to to tackle you, a guy, Ross. Yeah, He's you still can hopping just, up like a bunny rabbit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you can get super creative with them. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be surprised to see like a tight end end around next year or a tight right. end jet sweep. Like those types yeah. of things where you can do that to get him in space, locomotion, right? Get him operating like the freight train that he is so he can initiate contact without having to worry about him costing you your starting quarterback. It right. just frees him up to play the game the way that A, he wants to play the game and B, it gives them an opportunity to utilize really his full skill set. Yeah, absolutely. I, I got to agree. It's going to be really fun watching 
uh, the Dennis uh, Allen or Pete Carmichael version of Sean Payton's offense. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be fun watching this because a lot of people, we're looking at the defense and rightfully so. But the offense, I have to agree with you, Ross. I don't see them being, what, 32nd in terms of scoring points. I mean, with all the weapons the Saints have, man, you can only – and we're still not done adding. That's the fantastic and fun Mm -hmm. part about this whole thing. We can still add some more talent. We will add some more talent, especially offensively before – uh, the the uh, training camp starts. But, Ross, listen, last thoughts, my friend. I know you got mm-hmm. uh, another meeting, bro. Uh, last thoughts before uh, before we end the stream, bro, on the Saints. Look, I, I think that this is a New Orleans Saints team that has gotten better going from 2021 to 2022, and they're now in a conference in the NFC that's gotten worse going from 2021 to 2022. And I think you can see that with the the, the quarterback exodus that took place this offseason. You're watching players like Devontae Adams change teams from NFC teams to AFC teams. Like You're seeing a lot of that, saw a lot right. of that over the course of the offseason. Right. The AFC West and its load of Russell Wilson going to the AFC West, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I think when you look at this – conference as a whole the nfc it's gotten weaker and it's become a little bit more open i had somebody tell me that without sean payton and without drew Brees, the new orleans saints are not going to be able to contend with the big dogs in the nfc listen to tampa bay buccaneers as one of those teams and i just want to remind everybody that last year the saints not only without drew Brees and without sean payton but also without Jameis winston beat the tampa bay buccaneers well it, they beat him twice, but without yeah. without Sean Payton, they beat him and blanked him, like you just said, in Tampa. So I, I don't buy into the idea that without Sean Payton, that the Saints can't beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they've it, done Ross. it. Yes, come on. What's up with these guys? <laughs> why, are they put, why are they doing that, Ross? Why are they putting Tampa Bay as the top? It's, the, it's, it's, it's TB12 love. It's TB12 love. That's what it is. It's TB12 love, and and there's the there's the immediate impact of those two teams and how they impact each other within the division, right? So you're going to highlight Tampa Bay as a division opponent more before you're going to highlight, let's say, the Green Bay Packers, who they don't see during the regular season, right? But then they might have to see in the playoffs, except for Green Bay can't make it past certain points in the playoffs themselves, and so they always end up not being in the conversation when you expect them to be in the conversation. And by the way, we eviscerated Green Bay on in week one on a uh, neutral site. That also happened. So I think that when you look at where the New Orleans Saints are versus the, 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 the plus minus that they've had, which is, mm-hmm. I think, enormously plus mm-hmm. going into 2022 versus the plus minus that we've seen at the NFC, which has been a bit of a drop off, I think right. a pretty considerable drop off. Mm-hmm. I think that the Saints are absolute contenders to at least get into the playoffs this season, mm-hmm. whether it's a wild card spot, whether it's actually competing for the division, depending upon what happens with Tampa. Right. You have the, the world's biggest, you know, the NFL's biggest uh, X factor is always going to be injuries. I think that a key staff addition this offseason was bringing in Coach Rhea, Rhea, excuse me, from Alabama as their yes. director of sports sciences who reduced yes. soft tissue injuries at Alabama by 50%. Bro, that is that's huge. That's big, big signing, yeah. bro. Yeah. And when you look at what the Saints went through last year, 58 different starters, that's exactly what leads you to making a choice like furthering what it is that you're doing from a sports science perspective. And I think Matt Rea ends up having a huge impact there. So I think the saints have done the things they need to do in order to be able to have good developers on their coaching staff, Cody Burns, Doug Marone, all these guys that they brought in Bill Bicknell. And then you have the, the rest of the staff in terms of your strength and conditioning staff and the work that they've done there. And then now personnel wise to be able to be a team that competes within the NFC. Absolutely. They looked up and down, bro, and dealt with all of the injuries. And the Saints went into this season knowing that we had to get the depth. We had to fix the staff. We had to upgrade. And yep. my goodness, the Saints, they handled it in every possible way 
My goodness. After Sean Payton stepped away, my friend, the Saints handle business. But anyway, that's going to be enough, man. Ross, much love to you, my friend. Thank you for jump, jumping on the coma. I appreciate you, bro. Could you tell the people, bro, where they can reach you at in the platforms, bro? Oh, yeah, of course. Yo. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Absolute pleasure to be here with you, Q. Uh, easy you, way to find me always is going to be on Twitter at Ross Jackson, NOLA, N-O-L-A. I live there. Everything that I do is there. It's on Twitter. I'm always talking stuff. So come through. Have fun. Uh, you can find the Locked on Saints podcast wherever you get podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Of course, free and available on all platforms. New episodes every Monday through Friday. And then, of course, you can find all the written work over at saintswire.usatoday.com, along with all my great collaborators over at USA say today's network uh including saints wire ross does it all bro he talks saints right saints bro and he does it all so bro we appreciate you bro thank you hoodie he says with q at qb or heck ross jackson at qb we can go nine and eight because our defense is lead but with hoodie jube at qb we would go 16 and one okay that's what we're gonna do because i promise you if you put me at quarterback you're going oh and 17 baby I'm leading you to next year's number one selection. Let's go, C.J. Stroud. Come through. That's what I'm leading you to. Ross, thank you, bro. Appreciate <laughs> you, bro. Hey, bro, anytime, Ross, uh, you're free, my brother. I know it's a busy time for you right now with everything you do. But feel free at any given time to come on and step by, step by, bro, and talk some Saints with us. We love you over here, man. We appreciate your contribution. And the great Saint Think Tank loves you. We appreciate you, bro. And anytime you can come on back and, and kick it with us, bro. Anytime. I appreciate that, homie. And anytime you hit me up, let me know when you uh if you need me back, you want me back, anything as well. And I'll be sure to come through as well. I appreciate Thank you, homie. Thank you. you. That's the that's the man right there, brother Ross. Thank you, Ross. Who that to you? And we'll see you later, my brother. Peace. Appreciate you. Back at you, homie. Thank you, bro. Thank you. That's brother Ross, man. Appreciate the brother for chiming in, Ross Jackson. Uh from uh locked in on Saints, a lot of positive stuff the brother do, man. And we covered a lot of Ross's articles here, man. But when you're talking down hard, true black and gold people, man, Ross is born and raised in the city, uh, uh, born and raised black and gold, man. And, uh, you know, I'm one. So another uh, down hard black and gold man talking to another about the Saints, man. And it was fun. All right. So with that being said, fam, I'd like to thank all y'all for chiming in on this one. I won't hold y'all for uh, too long. I will return. I'll probably be back tomorrow on Patreon. Patreon Tuesday will go TSC Q&A live. We'll cover that uh, tomorrow. Also, uh, we're going to bring, we're going to start uh, firing up the TSC, uh, the uh, TSC Unleashed shows as well. Uh, we'll be doing, we'll matter of fact, roll out one uh, tomorrow as well for our Patreon family members. So if you want to be a part of the Patreon and I got a uh, YouTube members as well, and I thank everybody for you, what you're doing on the channel for supporting the channel, sharing the links, uh, everything, checking out the, the pro shops and the pale shops that we have in the link section below. I thank all you guys, man, as we continue to keep rolling out uh, some of the smartest, the, the best and brightest of the who that nation, man, and bringing them uh, in the building. So with that being said, I appreciate all y'all for what y'all doing. Y'all hit the like button family. If y'all hadn't already hit it, hit the hell out the like button and feel free uh, to join the show by subscription, hit the subscribe button. And a really big thing is feel free to share the show's links on your social media feed because, man, that helps us a lot. A lot. So with that being said, fam, y'all stay blessed. I'm going to holler at y'all later on Tuesday. Big ups to our Patreon champions and our YouTube membership family. We'll be on there tomorrow and we'll talk it up. Much love to y'all and I'm out. Who that too? Yeah. Well, all right. Like you always say, welcome, welcome, welcome.
number one sports talking deed. We ain't like the Falcons, we won't blow the lead. Look, all we talk is who that? Who got cut and who back? Rookies in the vets, players you should look at. It's the sports coma, you don't wanna miss it. Got the pre-game, party, post-game statistics. Get a visit for Sway, maybe DC or five. It's the hottest thing smoking, big Q in the guys. Go to YouTube live, make sure you subscribe. In the views inside the Saints locker room high. Talk to Drew, Jordan, Zach, Peyton. New Orleans, who that nation? Best believe when I say we bleed gold and black. Ain't a miracle or rivalry could ever hold us back. No, Quake, Bounty Gate, let the truth be told. It's the Sports Coma. All we know is say Super Bowl. Yeah. You're listening to the Sports Coma with Big Q and the guys on the PRO Media Network. That's right, thewhobatdaily.com. Your one-stop shop for everything New Orleans Saints, New Orleans Pelicans, LSU Tigers, even the top flight boxing. So if you're a who that and you're looking for a place to stay up on your team, whodatdaily.com is your site. Thewhodatdaily.com for the sport who that in all of us. Check out the Pro Shop. That's right, the Pro Shop is the platform store where you can go and buy all the latest merch to support the platform. Available at the Pro Shops, we have dozens of hundreds of products available for you and your family. Unisex tees for men and women, hoodies and sweatshirts, tank tops, kids and baby items, long sleeve tees, mugs, pillows, wall art, bath bedding, face masks, phone cases, stickers, bags, fanny packs, socks, hats, and many other items. Please feel free to check out the pro shops the link is in the description section below and remember it helps the platform continue to grow check out the pro shop hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.